Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, everyone. This is Ryan Cote with the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to be speaking with Rob Temple. Hey, Rob. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. How about you? Yeah, really good. Excited to be here and talk about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's dive in. Why don't you tell everyone what you do and then what you enjoy doing? Yeah, sure. So I have a little bit of a weird mix of a life. For the past 17 years, I've been working professionally as a stage hypnotist, <laughs> traveling, lucky enough to travel all over the world and perform my show and, and hypnotize people in front of the audience to do crazy things and explore their imagination and what their untapped potential has in store for entertainment purposes. But then aside from that, obviously, as an entertainer, you spend a lot of time not on the road. So like, you spend a lot of time traveling and just it's, it's quite a boring, lonely life uh, when you're not performing. So I actually started two online businesses. Uh, one of them is I've got a bunch of like courses and training programs to do with how we can use our mind's potential to like better ourselves. And then also I co-own uh, another company where we teach email marketing for entrepreneurs using the psychological strategies of, of the kind of stuff that I do on stage. It's quite a mixed life. Uh, again, about three months of the year, I'm on on the on tour doing my show, and then the rest of the year running those businesses. Yeah, I definitely want to talk to you about mindset for sure. I'm curious about about your profession as a hypnotist. What does the training look like for that? I'm just I'm just curious for my own curiosity's sake. It's actually nothing official. So the way it works is anyone who works as a hypnotist could teach anyone else to do it. Obviously, whether they're good at teaching it or not, that's a different thing. But um, I saw a hypnotist. I did magic as a kid. So I was always like, I always thought I was going to be an entertainer of some description from being like four. And then when I was 14, I saw a hypnotist and thought, wow, that's cool. And lots of magicians like branch into other types of entertainment, like juggling or ventriloquism or escapology or whatever. But I just wanted to learn, is that real? Like, is this hypnosis show thing real? Or are they just acting and playing along? And I wanted to learn, if it is real, I want to learn how to do it. So my dad literally paid the guy that we saw to teach me how to do it. And he used to come over to ours on like a weekend and we watched videos of his show and like he deconstructed it all and helped me figure it out. And then I, I figured that nobody would take a 14-year-old hypnotist very seriously. And so I waited till I was just before my 17th birthday like a couple of weeks before. And then I thought, right, it's time. I went out, found a local pub in the northeast of England and uh, offered to do a show for free just to like try it and see if it would work. And did, and it went really well. And everyone seemed to enjoy it. And I was like, great, this is, this is the career for me. And so pursued it from there. That's really interesting. Um, wh- how much does, in terms of what that, what that guy taught you, how much of it is tied to mindset? So... I mean, hypnosis, interestingly, is probably like 90% confidence and mindset of the performer and 10% hypnosis techniques is the honest truth. Like there's a lot to it, but when you get hypnotized, you actually really just hypnotize yourself. All the hypnotist does is give you the framework to follow and tell you what to do. And so a lot of what makes a hypnosis show work, or if you go and see like a hypnotherapist, a lot of what makes that actually work is your belief and expectancy that it's going to happen. And therefore, one of the biggest bits is for the hypnotist to have belief and confidence that when you go out on stage, because it's a little bit terrifying, like as a comedian, you could go out on stage and tell jokes. And even if nobody laughs, you could still tell the jokes. It's hard, but you could still do it. Whereas with a hypnosis show, like if people don't get up or nobody gets hypnotized, you don't have a show. So when you go out on stage and you've got nothing but a microphone and the audience to work with, and you have to pull a show out of that, it's quite a daunting thing when you first start doing it. So yeah, you have to really have the confidence that this is going to work because if it doesn't, then it's a little bit like, you know, they say that an audience can smell fear. They definitely can. 
if you go out on stage and, and, and it looks like you're not going to be able to do that. What have you done to build up your confidence? Is there anything that you, you recommend to those listening? As a kid, I was terrified of everything. Like I was the kid that would cower behind my mum's leg if somebody came to the door. And the first time I ever did a show of any description was a magic show. I was about 10 and it was for a group of like of brownies. I don't know if you have brownies and girl guides and stuff over there. I think so. But like brownies, so they're like a similar age to me. Like they were probably 30 or 40 girls, all about nine or 10 as well. I'm about 10. And I went out to do this magic show for them. And um, I just seized up, like I picked up the props to like do the show and I just couldn't do it. So I like silently stood there. De- like de- <laughs> The only way I can describe it is like demonstrating the tricks. And my stepmom, who's a drama teacher, she came out and like did, did all the speaking and the words and stuff. So that was a, a bit horrifying, but I got through it. Uh, so that was the first experience of ever doing a show. And I realized then, wow, th- things have to change. Like if I want to make this a career and I couldn't do this in front of like 40, 10, 40, 10 year olds, like I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to find a way to do this. So the first thing that, that came about from that was starting to realize that confidence comes from evidence and therefore it comes from it comes from flight time it comes from stage time it comes from like the time that you actually spend doing the thing and so what i figured was well how can i do something that starts really small and then that will build some evidence like a building block that i can then stand on top of which makes me slightly taller and then i can do the next thing and then stand on top of that one and that makes me slightly taller so that was okay great the next few years, I'm going to dedicate myself, in my case, to learning close-up magic, like where I'm only entertaining two people at once, or one person at once, or maybe three, rather than a big room of people. Because then there's nothing particularly to be as nervous about. I feel like I can do that. There's no stage fright. I'm just having a conversation with two or three people. Okay, great. And then once I started to master that, it was okay, great. Now, how do you... So what you have to do, I think, in in any walk of life is find the thing that you want to do and then find out what the small chunk of it is. So as a stage magician, the small version of that is, okay, could I do a trick for two people? Okay, great. And then once I've done that, I've built the evidence to know that they like it and they like me and that I came across well. So now I need to find the next little step. And all of that stuff really helps to build the evidence that you need that actually this is going to be okay. Because I think it comes actually really in two parts. It comes one in evidence. So like, have you got proof of having done this before and it being successful? And secondly, it comes from reps. So like any exercise, like it comes from doing it over and over and over again. So find any opportunity to be bad. Like, in the comedy world, there's a big thing in the early days. Like you go and do the small, crappy little comedy clubs because just because you need somewhere where you can be bad, you need somewhere where somebody can like throw the tomatoes at you because you're terrible. Because otherwise, you're going to go out in front of a big audience and be terrible straight away. So I think everything confidence related comes from building evidence, and that trains your brain to accept that when you do this, people like it, and therefore you should continue to do it. Yeah, I like the idea of evidence and reps because. First of all, that's something that everyone, all of us can do. And I, re- I really relate to it as well because, so I'm in, I'm in sales for, uh, for my, my family business called Ballantine. And um, I still remember, so pre-COVID, like sales meant you would go meet with the person. And I still remember my first year there, like in 2003 or four or whatever it was, going on some sales calls. And I was pretty nervous. And for me, unfortunately, the nervousness would translate into like a, swe- a sweaty face, you know, just to be transparent, a sweaty face. And I remember this one sales meeting I was in, I was so sweaty. The beads of sweat were dropping, were dripping off my face. And it's really hard to have confidence and focus when that's happening. And it was horrifying, but I stuck with it. And now, you know, fast forward to today, it's it, the sales calls are a much more pleasant experience because you're right, it's reps. It's like public speaking. The more you do it, you know, the more confident you get, 
you start building up evidence to yourself that you can do it. And so I like that, uh, I like that advice you just gave. One of the biggest things we should all be frightened of is getting to the age of like, I don't know, 90 and looking back at our life and realizing we we never had the courage to like just have a go and do the thing. Like I think courage and confidence go hand in hand. When you're confident, you don't really need that much courage because you're doing a thing that you're totally comfortable doing. When you haven't got confidence, what the real thing you need to focus on is getting the courage to have a go. Like if you're frightened of like, I don't know, roller coasters or something, then getting on one to see how bad it really is. Because you might find out that once you're on it, you quite like it. You just need the courage to like sit in the car and put the bar down and just let it go. So I think finding the courage to like have a go and start to build up those reps, that's really useful if you if you find a way to start small. Yeah, because the worst thing is having regret that you didn't try and then it's too late to try in your later years. So I, I think about that a lot too, just having regret. You know, you don't, I, I want to try to avoid that as much as possible. So Rob, let's talk about your Morning Upgrades, a personal development podcast. Um, I love what we've been speaking about so far. Why don't you tell everyone what your morning routine looks like? Yeah, so my morning routine actually starts the night before. <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. I think that that morning routines are really important. But I think one of the like the defining factors of how good your morning routine is, is what you do before you go to bed. So I think what we need to do with everything we do in life, and this actually goes back to the building confidence thing as well, is to remove whatever resistance we possibly have from the thing that we don't want to do. So I'm not a morning person. Like I have always been somebody who I was always good at like getting up for school and like getting ready and having my breakfast and all of that stuff. But as the years went on and I grew older and I came out of school, I actually be especially as somebody who's never had a job, so I've never had to like be up and in an office for nine o'clock or anything. I found mornings really difficult. And so one of the things, the, the first things for me was, okay, in that case, I need to make mornings have less resistance to them. Because the, the truth is with everything you do, it's easier to say no than it is to say yes. It's easier to say, no, I'm going to snooze and I'm going to stay in bed because I can. Like if you don't have to be anywhere, it's easier to like, uh, to, especially as an entrepreneur where you are your boss and therefore you are your, you're the only person holding you accountable for getting stuff done. So I've always been somebody who found it easier to say no and stay in bed than it was to get up. And so the only way that really works is to find a way, unless you can have like a Wallace and Gromit type bed that like tips you out of bed the first thing in the morning. The only thing you can do is to, is to remove all of the resistance to getting up. And the way that I do that is to make sure that I spend the night before like preparing everything so that everything, and I mean everything, is ready for me the following day. So for example, that would be classic things that you hear a lot, like getting all my clothes out and just putting them in a pile on the on the windowsill before I go to bed. But also apart from in the winter when they wake up and they're freezing cold, I learned that the hard way. And then the other thing I do is like, so I've got a, an electric sit-stand desk. And when I'm working during the day, like now, it's stood up all of the time. It's it's on its standing position. But then on a nighttime, if I'm like doing some last bits, bits and pieces, like checking my emails on an evening, I'll have it down in the down position. And so one of the first things that I do every single night is I'll come before I go to bed is I'll come into the office at home and I'll put the desk to the standing position because then I don't need to do that in the morning. I'll reset my camera and everything and reset my lights and turn them all off and power it all down and then go to bed because it means that when I come in the following day, this is already done. I fill the kettle the, like the night before. Like I literally make sure that everything I possibly need as well as uh, like my Asana I use for my project management, just make sure that everything I'm going to do that day is done and open. And the only reason for doing it is it removes all of the resistance that I could possibly have from getting up on a morning. And I find that like is essential. But in terms of the morning routine, I get up, go to the gym, other than the fact that in the UK right now, we're recording this in the pandemic and the, the gyms are currently closed. But when they're open, I would go to the gym. 
for an hour. So I get up at six. I go to the gym for about quarter past six, which is over the road, fortunately. And then I train until about quarter past seven. And then I walk home, which takes me about half past seven. Then I have a shower, which obviously brings and get dressed, which brings me around to about eight o'clock. And then uh, have have breakfast and and kind of be ready and ready and sat at the, or stood at the desk for about half past eight on a morning. It sounds like your day is very, very structured from the morning to night. I think something everyone can pull away from, from the, from the way you spend your, your nighttime routine to prepare for the morning, which then feeds into the morning with your workout and everything else. Has it always been like that for you? No. So I'm in this, I'm in this weird thing where one of my highest values in life is freedom and the ability to like, or, or the not having the requirement to be in a certain place at a certain time that I didn't decide. So I'm not lazy. I love to work, but I want to have the power and control to figure out where I'm going to be and when and why. Uh, and so one of the things that I really like is to have, it sounds weird because it sounds like a contradiction, but I like to have the routine that gives me a sense of freedom. So for example, I try as much as possible to like when I'm recording. So I've got a podcast called Success Unlocked. I only record that podcast on the first Tuesday of every month. And I know that if it's the first Tuesday of any month, I'm going to be spending pro- probably the whole day doing that. Likewise, I try, if I'm going to be on other podcasts like this one, I'll try and schedule those recordings for certain days as well. Because again, that just fits within my, within my frame. And so what it means is that my life runs fairly well with very structured three days of the week. So Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays are like super structured. Every, every single thing I do is like itemized and calendarized. So I know exactly what I'm going to do and when. Monday and Friday, which I chose because they're the natural extension of the weekend on either direction. So like if I'm going to take a long weekend off, it's likely to either compromise Fridays, Mondays, or both. So I decided to keep those for the most part relatively clear and tend not to have anything scheduled on those days unless I absolutely have to. And so then what that means is my morning is super structured and my evening is fairly structured. And when I say my evening, I mean from like half nine to about half 10, I'll just do the same things. I do this thing called the 10 o'clock, 10 minute tidy uh, at 10 o'clock on a night, which is literally me just doing that bit I just said of like, just tidying up, just making sure everything's where it's supposed to be. So the next day when I get up, one of the things that would demotivate me, and I think this is one of the things you have to do with a morning routine is find what what demotivates you and then remove it. So one of the things that demotivates me is like having a couple of glasses or a crisp packet or something lying around from the night before. I want to make sure that all of that is gone so that when I come to work, everything is like set up and it's just ready to go. And again, just helps remove that resistance and, and start the day fresh, I suppose. Yeah, I love I love all the gems you're dropping here, and I, and I've got one more question for you, Rob, and then uh, we can wrap up by you telling everyone how they can learn more about you. My last question for you is it's around mindset. Normally, I like to ask around like what's the number, what, what's your number one personal development tip, but I want to be more specific with you because of your background. So, what's your number one mindset tip? I think the big thing you need to be able to try and do is to step outside of your thoughts as being something that um, is your belief. So. The, very, very quickly, the way that our thoughts develop is that our subconscious mind, which is the like the engine room in your brain, is constantly taking in like millions of bits of information that it picks up from everything. Things that people say, things that people do, stuff you read, stuff you see, experiences you have. And it tries to put all of that stuff together and present it to your conscious mind. That's the voice in your head that you think of as, as me, as you. Um, 
as as a thought. And so everything you think, everything you everything you think with that little voice in your head, like, oh, when I go to the shop, I must remember to get some potatoes or whatever. That is all of the work and the result of your subconscious mind putting together jigsaw pieces in the best way that it can, based on your frame of reference, based on your view of the world, based on the beliefs that you've built, and then putting it all together in a picture that makes sense to you. And so I think one of the biggest things to realize is that when you have a thought in your head, like, oh, that person doesn't like me. Oh, I'm lazy. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I'm not good at that. Oh, I shouldn't do that because I'll probably fail. All of that is entirely based on a bunch of millions of jigsaw bits of bit jigsaw puzzles being put together in a picture that at the time made sense to your subconscious mind in that frame of rec- reference with your view of the world. And I think one of the first things that everybody should do is to start to say, actually, and take a step back from from everything you think and just look at it with a certain view of cynicism and skepticism like you would with like you know like a greasy horrible salesperson on the street who like stops you in the middle of your walking to the shop and tries to sell you something when you don't really want it that you want to look at it with the same view of skepticism and cynicism that you would there and say actually do you know what is that really how i feel if i consciously think about it like almost think about your thoughts as if they were something that somebody else was saying to you and then try and figure out from there actually what evidence do I have for that? And how could I change that belief if it's not serving me positively? Which is a whole different discussion in its own right. But that would basically be my tip, I think. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation. What's the best way that someone can learn more about you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, cool. So I have a podcast called Success Unlocked. Uh, it alternates between me one week and then me interviewing a guest the next week. You can check that out at successunlocked.com. And also just for listeners of this, I put together a cool little pack of self-development resources all to do with reprogramming your mind to do and think and behave the way you want. So if anyone wants to grab that, I think it'll help you with all the different areas of your life and business. You can grab it by going to successunlocked.com forward slash morning, and then you can go ahead and download that. Great. Thanks, Rob. This is the type of episode you have to listen to twice because you dropped so much information. So I really appreciate your time. (laughs) And thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.